KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Matot Masei, Kav Zayin Tammuz. The Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel. I'd like to also dedicate it to the birth of a new great-grandchild for Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law Dov and Shani Daniel of Philadelphia. And I would also like to dedicate it to a full recovery for my mother, Esther Badkhana. I told myself this year that I would not talk about B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruven when Parshat Matat Masei come along. However though I'm going to keep to that word, it's very hard to ignore Eretz Yisrael per se within the Parsha. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put a stress on a place that's a little bit out to left field, not something that's discussed usually. At the end of the Parsha, something that we've already come across in last week's Parsha, Benot Slovchad, come back into the forefront. In previous week's parasha, Benot Slavchad came to Moshe with the request that even though their father didn't have any sons, they should be the recipients of their father's portion in Eretz Yisrael. To which Moshe has directed that, indeed, if there are no sons, the next in line to inherit the deceased are the daughters. And the daughters will get the land. The end of this week's parsha, Parshat Masei, the fellow members of their Shevet, B'nai Gilad, Ben Machir, Ben approach Moshe and say, it's true that you've told us that Tzlovchad's portion should go to his daughters, but now what's going to happen if those daughters marry into another Shevet. Well, if they marry into another Shevet, we're going to actually lose that portion of the land because they're going to marry someone from Ruvain, for argument's sake. Their sons, who will inherit them ultimately, will be sons from Ruvain, and their line will now become land of Ruvain and no longer the land of Menasheh. This claim is accepted as a legitimate claim, and in fact, Benot Slavchad are given a commandment that they can only marry within their Shevet. And the Torah says, Yisrael. The, the inheritance should not move around from one Shevet to another. And therefore, in a situation where a woman becomes the inheritor of the land, she has to marry within her Shevet. Torah dedicates a parsha to this. A parak here. The last, the last words of Sever Bimibar. And... This raises a little bit of difficulty because 
Benot Tzolchad might not have been married at the point where this happened, but what happens if that's not the situation? There is no prohibition for a woman per se to marry a man from a different Shevet. So what happens then if she marries a man from a different Shevet and then her father dies without any sons and she's the inheritor? Does that mean a woman who doesn't have any brothers before anything has even happened is prohibited from marrying someone from outside of her Shevet? Some might complain just in general, what type of what type of issue is this, that you limit her to the people in her Shevet? I'm not so concerned about that. It's probably naturally, if you're geographically living with certain people, you're going to be marrying within the Shevet. There are other limitations in Halakha as well. However, the more interesting thing to me here is Chazal's take on this. Because Chazal already in Parashat Pinchas comment that the limitation that's going to be placed upon Binot Slavchad and women who are the sole inheritors of the land because they lack brothers, in general, that is placed upon them in Parashat Masay, that they're not allowed to marry outside the Shevet, though the Torah dedicates <coughs> a parashat to it, Kamal and Chazal say that was only a limitation at the time that they entered the land. That first original division of the land that took place had to be done in a way that each Shevet got its correct portion. But after that, if a woman would marry outside the Shevet and she would inherit the land, that would be fine. So I always found this Chazal to be very surprising on the level of reading the text, because the Torah seems very definite about this prohibition. It's almost formulated as a prohibition. But The inherit so the inheritance of the children of Israel shall not remove from tribe to tribe. It's a formulation of those who are familiar with reading the text of the Torah that is, as I said, formulated as a mitzvah lotaaseh. But Chazal come along and say, no, no, just the just the first. The first generation. It's not. This is not a mitzvah ledorot. This is not a mitzvah for uh, a permanent mitzvah. This is a mitzvah for one generation and one generation alone. The truth is, here is a point to come up and discuss the whole notion of the shevet. What is the notion of the shevet in Judaism? In general, we have been accused of being racist because we're not allowed to marry outside of our co-religionists. There are prohibitions regarding this. The answer to that, of course, is that we're not racist because anybody is welcome to be Jewish. Um, As opposed to when Jews were persecuted historically, there were certain times where they could save themselves from persecution by accepting 
the religion of the pers- of the, w- the the persecutor. And there were other times in history, most noticeably in Nazi Germany, where it didn't help. Um, your Jewish race was determined by your race and not by your practice. However, Judaism is very clear that one can convert. You can be from Moab. You at least as a Moabite woman and convert and marry into the Jewish people. Moabite and Ammonite male have a more difficult time. But certainly they can become part of the Jewish people. Anybody save a Moabite and Ammonite who who have severe limitations can convert and marry into the Jewish people. So there's no real racism within Judaism. There is a decision that the religion has to be shared. People have to marry people. They're co-religionists. However, when we get into the Shevet, we, today we scratch our heads and say, well, what was the point of having separate Shvatim? What was the point of, do we really need to put up walls between the different Shvatim? Can't be one big nation. So today people like talking about the different types of Jews, and the Shvatim would be similar to the different streams of Judaism that we know today. And here you'll have different people saying different things. Probably a Haredi Jew will talk about, you know, you have your Litvish Jews and you have your different sect of Hasidim. And if you talk to a Hasidic Jew, within the Hasidic Jews, the difference between one group of Hasidut to another group is, is the difference between the heavens and the earth. And so those different streams would justify discussing different Shvatim. And then other more liberal people will talk about the different groups of within Judaism, conservative, reform, egalitarian, orthodox, etc., etc. There are different groups within Judaism. Why should we ignore this? And at the same time, the whole notion of the Shevet still remains as some sort of nagging, unsettling, differentiation, which today certainly we have no, there's nothing that holds it together on a pure level, because nobody knows what Shevet they belong to. <coughs> Somewhere we all learned that we all assume that we're from Shevet Yudan Binyamin. So all this becomes insignificant. It's interesting to note that in Sefer Yechezkel, he does not abolish the notion of the Shvatim, and he goes into great detail to discuss the the division of the land in the future, also according to the Shevet. But, Sefer Yechezkel, the Navi there, has an interesting pasuk which I want to share. V'chilaktem et ha'aretz hazot lachem l'shivtei Yisrael. You will divide this land for you according to the tribes of Israel. V'heyat apilo taben ha'chalalachem you will divide up the land as an inheritance to you and to the gerim, the strangers, or converts, depending on how you want to read it, the converts that are living amongst you, that have had children amongst you. And it will be for them like an upstanding citizen of B'nai Israel. They will receive a portion amongst you 
amongst the Shifta Yisrael. And this essentially addresses, to a certain extent, the point that I raised before. The whole notion of a Shevet seems to talk about some sort of purity of a blood, because if we're distinguishing between Reuben and Menashe, we're not talking about co-religionists, we're talking about the children of Israel. Once we talk about tribes, and we're talking about who the father is, and the father is from a certain tribe, that means we're talking about a certain family purity. And then, if the tribes shouldn't be mixing in together, then there's certainly some sort of racial issue that we're talking about. And here comes along the Navi Chazkel, and says, no, there's no problem, the Gerim will just take a portion of the land where they are living. And according to Yechezkel, it seems, Gerim have a portion of the land as well. In other words, we're essentially taking down the significance of the Shevet. Chazal too, and maybe this is Chazal seeing the reality, the non-Shevet reality that existed in their times already, and realized that the whole division between Shvatim doesn't really take, and they had to approach the Torah that gave such significance to the Shevet to the extent that they limited the women who had no brothers from marrying outside of their Shevet to marrying only men within their Shevet, and they had to say that was only a generation, one-time thing. So, what is my conclusion from all this? What is my conclusion? My conclusion is food for thought, number one. And secondly... Halavai, that we should be able to get along with our co-religionists, love everyone, deal with the differences in the best way that we can, and if we can be one unified Jewish people, and we lose the distinguishing markers of each and every Shevet, so be it. Perhaps, really, the significance of the Shevet are that Jews come in different shapes and sizes and colors. But as long as they can get on harmoniously with each other, accept the gear from the outside, then there's no real reason not to have the Shevet markers. But again, as long as the unity is in the forefront of the Jewish people. Shabbat Shalom.